So understand that we're living in perilous times and, and things are bad and, and we, we're looking at a world that is upside down. And sometimes we grieve over that. We get distressed and we're stressed. There's a lot of distractions in life, both natural and spiritual. And do you know, believe it or not, even in the body of Christ, many, many people are feeling sad, defeated, overwhelmed, helpless, and hopeless. My question to you is, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? We've got to be very careful today. Because it's become more and more difficult, even in Christians' lives. And it shouldn't be this way, but let's just be honest. It's becoming more and more hard, it's more difficult to find joy in life. Just in life. And, and listen, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe this isn't the right crowd to preach to, but I know as in our lives, we have ministered, we've been preaching this gospel for almost 30 years. And you think, well, wow, man, things should be you. 30 years, you got a grip on this. I don't have a grip on nothing. Let me be honest. Do you know we still have those days where, you listen, we're, we're overwhelmed too. We look at each other sometimes and say, there's got to be joy in life somewhere. Where is it? Now, always in the Lord, and that's an easy thing to say. Well, it's in the Lord. Well, that's great. How do you get there? How exactly do you find that in the middle of your messy day? I'm going to talk to you about that in a little bit. It's become more difficult to find joy in just life or things to rejoice about. Because if you're looking at things that are going on in the world, there's no joy in Mudville. I mean, it's bad. Things are bad. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what. You can say what you want, you can believe what you want, but everything that's going on today is directly coming against Christianity. I don't care how you want to slice it, how you want to dice it. The only people on the planet that have parameters to say this is right and this is wrong today are Christians. And everything out there is coming against that. And listen... I understand. I understand being overwhelmed. Um, I went to a pastor's conference um, not just a couple of weeks back, and lots of pastors were there. And the stories that you would hear, and I'm not, it's not boo-hoo for the pastors, but the stories you would hear about the people that come against them, the things that are being said, and all these vile things that are coming against them from within the body. Do you know how many pastors, there's, I think, the last statistic, a thousand pastors a month are leaving the ministry. And you know what research says? Six people. Six people are causing them to leave the ministry. My, my thing is, don't be one of the six. And let me tell you something else. I'm not going anywhere. You cheer now. <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> but see, what do you find yourself meditating on and what are you worrying about? Are you worrying about things that are the Lord's? You're taking things on yourself that aren't yours to take. Do you know even your own life? You're taking on things that aren't yours to take on. See, but here's what the Bible says in Psalms 46.1, and I'm going somewhere, then I'll give you the, I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to give you the title, because if I give you the title first, you'll know, you'll go, wow, I knew that. 
Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. He is present today in your troubles. He's not a yesterday God. He is a yesterday God. He's not a tomorrow God yet, but He is a tomorrow God. But He is a today God where you're at, what you're dealing with, present, right now. He's not an absent Father. He's a present Father. In your time of trouble. He is your strength. And let me tell you something. Today, you need strength. Not even, not just physically, but spiritually you need strength. Because the junk that we deal with on a daily basis. And I understand. If you are stuck to the news, even Fox News, which is the good people news, supposedly. There's no good news. It's all bad. It's this conflict. It's this problem. It's this one bad mouth and this one. Blah, 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 blah. What are you focusing on? That's exactly. I'm going to tell you what. If that's what you're focused on, that's what you're going to meditate on. That's what's going to get in your heart. And that's what's going to come out of your mouth. And you're not going to find any joy. So again. So then it says in Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong. And we're going to have to be strong today. You might as well decide. If you speak the word Christian out loud, you best be ready to stand strong. I'm, I'm sorry, I'd love to tell you that everybody loves you, but that's not the case. God loves you. I, we established that earlier. So you got that going for you. Alright? Do not fear. Fear, and this is my opinion, but I believe that this is spiritually the truth. Fear is the root of anxiety, Depression, it's a fear-rooted thing. Now, I'm not going to stand here and say, well, just get rid of your fear. No, what I'm telling you is I believe that is the root of it. These other things are leaves of the tree of that root. Fear. And I understand. Um, you know, I've got a 17-year-old daughter. I don't let her watch the news. At 17, her mind goes overwhelmed. I remember her having anxiety attacks during... The, the war, because there'd be some report about this big attack that was on America, and she'd say, are they coming to our house? They might. It'll be dad, over dad's dead body that they get to you. No, we're not going to be in fear. Why? Because I know the God that I serve. That's right. He hasn't given us that. That comes from the pit of hell. Don't fear. Don't be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. Now, do you know, I want you to get a picture of this. The God, you belong to the God of the entire universe and any other universes that there are. He's with you. That's pretty big stuff. He does, and He loves you. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you. Or forsake you. Even when I mess up? Yeah, even when you mess up. My son and daughter mess up. Their, their name is still Hester. You mess up, your name is still Christian. You be a Christian as long as you decide to be a Christian. He's not leaving you. See, we know this, but how do we walk in it? So... I'm going to put an emphasis on this. This is the title of the message. We know all the stuff that's going on. Remember your first love? 
There's, a, there's all kinds of ways you can put that. Remember your first love. Remember your first love? Jesus? Your first love? We need to get back to Him. In intimacy with Him. And I'm going to read this scripture to you, and, and this isn't a, I'm going to beat you up scripture. I'm going to, there's a couple of things. There's two things. This week I'm going to talk about getting back to your first love. Next week I'm going to talk about remember what the Lord has done and rejoice. The first thing, getting back to our first love. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Three things to look at. Remember, repent, and first works. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So I'm at this pastor's conference. And listen, you know me. I'm pretty transparent. I, I'm no better than you are. I've just got a different position. God's called me to do some, maybe some different things. So I'm at this pastor's conference. And this was, what I appreciated about this pastor's conference, it wasn't just a bunch of pastors playing religion. It was being real about where things are at, where we are at as men of God and women of God today. And this guy was up there and he said, pastors, now understand when I say this, and I'll explain it in a minute. How many of you have felt like maybe you've fallen from a place of your first love? This pastor's hands went up, man. One of my, my hand went up. Now, immediately people say, oh my God, you've left your first love. You walked away from Jesus. What, what are you, you're a pastor. You're supposed to be on fire in love with God every second of every hour of every day. <laughs> Praise God. What do you think you're doing? No, what he's talking about, has life beaten you to the, down to the point where you are so distracted with the things of the world that it's foggy? Or am I the only one? Well, you pastor a church. What kind of problems could you have? Huh. Yeah, all of yours. Those are the problems I have. All of your problems I have. No, but listen, I, 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 love, I love this body. I love you people. I, and and it's not a, it is a burden, but it's not a burden at the same time. That's what we, they were talking about. Life gets so overwhelming that you get distracted. See, spiritually and, and even physically, we get distracted from what's really important. We get going down this road and we get our heads down and all of a sudden we look up and how do we get here? Lord, where are you? And he's saying, come back to me, your first love. That first love, he's got, you've got to start getting back to a place where he is a priority, not an afterthought. And I'm not trying to beat you up with this. I'm trying to tell you that you're maybe going to have to make some adjustments. And guess what? The Lord will give you the strength and the direction to make those adjustments. Davine and I are at a point in our life where we're looking at each other saying, we've got to make some adjustments because if we continue to push the way we're pushing, good things are not going to happen. I will confess to you there's too many things I do in my own strength and not the Lord's. And that can't end well. See, remember, repent, and do the first work. See, so many people think that getting back to your first love is about doing more things. I say, you need to get back to your first love. Oh, that means I got to be in church five days a week. I need to go doing this, and I got to do this. No, 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 stop yourself. The world tells you Okay? Well, I'll use myself as an example. I'll use 
I'll use him over here because he was a heck of an athlete. <clears throat> okay? Here's what the world does. And you, I could use her too. She's a heck of an athlete. Your athletic endeavors, man, you get pats in the back. You get kudos for that. And what does that train us to do? Not that those are bad and not that they both didn't deserve them and earn them. But what happens is the world says, if you can perform and you can do, you get kudos and you have worth. When that ends, you have no more worth. That is so contrary to the kingdom of God that it's sickening. But we've taken that mentality and brought it into the church. And if you're, doing, if you're doing 45 things in the church, woo, you are righteous and you are so spiritual. No, you're hanging on by a thread and you're burnt out and you're fried, but you're just doing it because, you know, God's going to strike me dead if I don't. No, He is not. He cares more about you than what you can do for Him. There's nothing you can do for Him. What are you going to do for Him that's going to make His life better? All you have to do is be. Okay? Now, out of an overflow of your relationship, things will you'll do things, but it isn't an obligation. It isn't because you have to. It's because you have a desire. But the first thing, first things first, that first thing we've got to get back to, where does it all start? When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, that relationship, that's where it starts. That's what we got to get back to. When I first got born again, man, I was so excited. I was so in love with God. We would do crazy things. We'd pack up our little kids and we'd jump in the car that we shouldn't even be on the road. We'd travel three hours just to hear a preacher or her sermon. We didn't have gas money. We didn't know how we were going to get there and back. By God, we did it. Why? Because I love God. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. And I'm not saying that was super spiritual. It was because of the love we had for the Lord and the desire just desired so much more of him and anything we could do. Now you drive down, you hear a little ping in your car. Nope, can't go anywhere. That's it. Got to go into the shop. Better not go anywhere. Nope, can't go to this meeting. Got to cancel that. You know, better not do any of that. No. Getting back to your first love. And I'm not telling you you have to go do all these things to be spiritual because the other thing is when you hear you've got to get back to your first love is I've got to be spiritual. I've got to act righteous. Well, you don't have any righteousness to any anyway. It's all God's. It's his righteousness. We're righteous in him. Okay? So, understand. Now, now some of you might be looking at me funny saying, look, dude, you know, you're talking about you don't have to do anything. No, guess what? All you got to do is love God. That's all you have to do. Love him. See, they think that it's about works. It's not about works. It's about a relationship. Do you know there's nothing that my wife can do that's going to make me love her more? Or less. She cooks for me. She cleans for me. She does my laundry. She does all this stuff. Well, I love her because of that. No, I loved her before that. She loved me. Before, well, anyway, there's a story behind that. I'll tell you. So when, when we were courting, she fell in love with me. And we got married in about four or five years on the road, we went to this marriage seminar because we do that, you know, to enhance our marriage and, you know, have a dates and stuff like that. And it was one of those things that you need to tell your spouse something that's bothered you about them. I would never tell anybody to do that. <laughs> Just because 
So she says, honey, I've got something to tell you. And I said, what is it, darling? You could tell me anything. I feel like you, when we were courting, you lied to me. I'm like, blah, 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 what? Lied to you? I bless God, never lied to you. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, why do you think that? She said, well, when you were courting, you said that you would cook. And I've been waiting five years. <laughs> and you haven't cooked. And I'm backing up, going back. You know, it takes me a while to get back in my mind, you know. Yeah, it wasn't even, though. It wasn't even. It wasn't even, because this is what I said. I remember the conversation. I remember we were walking on the beach, arm in arm, when we were courting, you know, because when I got saved and we were kind of courting, she'd take me to the beach, and she had her guitar, and she would teach me the praise songs at church, because I didn't know any of them, and I felt stupid. You know, you know how you mouth the words that you don't know? And I remember the conversation. I remember telling her I was a good cook. I didn't say I would cook. I told her I was a good cook. She took that leap of faith. So I blame her. I don't know what that has to do with getting close to Christ. I have no idea where that rabbit trail is going. But somebody, if you can use that, go for it. See, we think that when somebody says getting back to your first love, it's about, I've got to act righteous all of a sudden. No, it's about a relationship with Him. Getting back to that place. Getting back to that place. See, we need to remember all the Lord has done for us, how far we've come. So many times we find ourselves trying to do things in our own strength that should be His if we're in that right relationship. Because here's what happens. We ask you, Lord, I'm asking for this. And Lord blesses you. And you get going down a road. And you stop. And you don't stop to say, Lord, am I still on the right path? Is this still the direction you want me to go? Do you still want me to do it, even if it's a good thing? We just assume, well, God blessed me with it, so I'm going. And away you go. And then pretty soon the Lord, along the way, has said, hey, would you just make a little adjustment? You don't hear that because I'm on the road. You're doing it in your own strength. I'm famous for it, but here's what happens to me. I do it in my own strength long enough, and then I get physically exhausted and worn out. And I say, Lord, help me. He said, I've been trying to help you all along, but you won't sit still long enough. Getting back to your first love. And we'll talk about some of these things. So remember, repent and do the first love. His love has not changed for you. Yeah, but I messed up. He hasn't, his love hasn't changed. Understand, somebody, somebody, please, somebody get a hold of that today. I'm a dirty, rotten, no good for nothing, something, 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 something. The Lord loves you today. That has not changed. Remember when you were first saved? It's the greatest thing in the world. Nothing could stop you. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have a, do you have a greater or a weaker sense of your need for God today. Do you know that every day that you go not recognizing and acknowledging and submitting to the need for God is a day that you draw further away from Him? I don't need you today, God. I've got this. No, I need you to God today even if I've got this. Because <laughs> I don't have this outside of you. 
Some of us need just to get back to the first love because you've been overwhelmed by life. There's so many decisions, so many this pops up, that pops up. Let me tell you something. You can have this relationship. Where do you find the peace? In that relationship, regardless of your circumstances. I'm telling you, regardless of your circumstances. We, as the body of Christ, have begun to look at circumstances, get in fear, and we have gotten away from where our lifeblood and our lifeline is, Jesus Christ and that relationship with Him. We're looking at all the problems instead of Him as the solution. I've got to fix this. There are some things that you cannot fix. If you're waiting for another, you're waiting for 2020 for an election to fix something, you're in trouble. A man, a woman, it doesn't matter. People ask me, how should I vote? Vote God. If you can't tell the difference, I'll tell you. You may not like my answer, but vote God. And it's pretty obvious. I don't understand why people are confused by it. I don't know where that went, man, for some reason. Are you cooler toward God and less passionate about spiritual things than you once were? And, and I'm going to... You know, repentance involves a change of mind, heart, and direction. Guess who has to do the changing? Thank you. Good answer. Why? Because God ain't gonna. He's not the one that needs fixing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change his mind. What's, what was not right yesterday isn't still right today. It's not going to be right tomorrow. You can't twist his arm or convince him. You can't even make a law to change his mind. Repentance involves change of mind, heart, and direction. See, to stop the thoughts, the attitudes, and the actions that have drawn your attention away from God, we need to just get back to loving Him. There's so many distractions today. See, what is the purpose of doing the first works? The first works means foremost, in the first in place of order. A relationship with the Lord must be a priority. We need to be... Everything in life, whether you're in business, whether you're in ministry, whether you're working a job, whether you're married, whether you're single, it doesn't matter. Everything in life needs to come from an overflow of this relationship with Jesus Christ. I submit to you, most of us are working out of debt, out of a debt in our lives. We're working with the reserves I don't have much left, but whatever I have, I'm going to give because it's not an overflow because we've, we've forgotten our first love. And it's not a condemnation. I'm trying to encourage you. I understand how it happens. I'm in ministry full time and I understand how it happens. Distractions come. We have got to start praying. Pray for spiritual wisdom and discernment. Because when things come, we've got to discern, is this a distraction or is this you? And let me tell you, there's some things that look pretty spiritual that have been huge distractions. And that works means an effort or occupation. But see, now this word works doesn't mean works the way we think it does. It involves effort. It's something that happens without effort or without... Some, it is not something that happens without effort on your part or without God's grace to give you strength. It is going to take effort to get back to your first love. Not a works mentality, but you know what? There's some things that you're going to have to 
maybe pruned from your life. There may be some things that you've got to look at and say, no, I'm not going to allow this to be a distraction to me. I, my relationship with the Lord is number one, and I've got to get back to that. And I'm going to tell you something that may be a great revelation to you. Your pastor and the elders can't do this for you. We can give you direction. We can point you to the direction. But you're going to have to, you're going to, have to put in that work to get that relationship. I train athletes. And athletes say, I want to get to here. I say, okay. You've got to go through here to get to here. If you don't want to go through here, you won't get to there. You want your relationship with the Lord? Guess what? It's going to take... You might have to sacrifice some time on your iPhone. Oh! You may have to put Facebook down for 10 minutes to spend with the Lord. Hallelujah! I mean, I'm going to tell you something right now. Social media will survive without you for a half an hour. Just want you to know. Just want you to know. You've got to prioritize your life. What is important? Getting back to your first love. No one can do it for you. You have to, do, you have to decide and then you have to go about doing. If you found that you feel like you've kind of cooled or left your first love, get your priorities back in port. Um, in order and do the most important thing. Here are some first works that we're talking about. Get back to the first works the Bible said. Worship God. That's the first work principle. If you can't do anything else, don't tell me you can't put some praise music on and just stand there. And if you're not comfortable raising your hand, do it anyway. I receive, God. Now, I, I'm, and again... I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but you can choose. You get to, you know, you choose. You physically have the ability to put your hands up or down. I'm not raising my hand. People might look at me funny. Well, then close your eyes. <laughs> then you don't know if anybody's looking at you. Just saying. If you're too freaked out about it, just look at me. You need me to be an example? I'll jump around and dance. I'll be a fool for Christ. I don't care. I'm a fool for Jesus. Whose fool are you? Just asking. Let me tell you something. If you've ever seen me at one of my son or daughter's games, basketball, volleyball, whoo-hoo, I can light it up. I can stand up. I can holler. I can dance. I can shout. I can cheer. What? You've seen me at the way I coach. Everybody in the whole stadium knows where Coach Hester's at. He's got the gift of the biggest mouth in the stadium. It's always encouraging I haven't swore nothing. Oh, the religious went, oh. he swears? No, I don't swear. I was making a joke. Relax. Take a deep breath. It's okay. But I get very enthusiastic about what I'm doing. You can be enthusiastic about the Lord. You can raise your hands. Worship. Worship is one of the first works. Prayer is another one. One of the very first things the enemy attacks is your prayer life. Yeah. No, it's just prayer. Well, make your request known to God. Or don't. He knows what I need. Yeah, well, ask him anyway. I know what my kids need, but they're not getting it until they ask me. Yeah, you need a new car, honey, but you ain't getting one until you pester me about it. I'm not going to offer it. <laughs> not that God would withhold anything good. How about... Reading and studying your Bible. 
And I'm not talking in a religious sense. Oh my God, I gotta get up and I gotta put in 25 minutes in the Bible, and I got 25 minutes of prayer. Will you just relax? It's about a relationship. Do you know, men, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you some advice. If you go an inch for your women, they'll go a mile for you. They will. They're built that way. You know? I give my wife a little black grub, black grub, you know, maybe do a load of laundry, and it is 23 skidoo at my house. <laughs> Some of you didn't get that. You'll maybe get it later. Here's another spiritual example. Giving. Oh! What? Yeah, I said it. I'm not even taking an offering, so relax. <laughs> giving. That's a, that's a first work. Because when you're giving to something or someone else, it's not about you. Okay, I'll move on. Now, another dirty word in the body of Christ, fasting. Fasting. That's a spiritual first work. You want to get close to the Lord? Fast. Now, if you're anything like me, I can go all day. I can work all day without even thinking about food, no problem. I can be out playing golf all day long. Don't have to have it. The minute I say the word fast, an hour later, there's crust on my mouth. My mouth is so dry. My knees are getting weak. I know that I'm probably going to pass out. Honey, I've been fasting a whole hour. If I don't eat something, I think I'm probably going to pass out because my blood sugar is going down. Oh, honey, I'm so spiritual. I don't think I can make two hours. Tell me that's not a spiritual attack, but it's the truth. I mean, the minute I say fast, my stomach starts growling. I think about all the food I need to be eating. You know, I went 10 years without eating a cheeseburger. 10 years. Because of my training. I just didn't do I 10 years. And, and I, I was going to fast. I mean, all of a sudden, McDonald's was calling my name. I don't eat a McDonald's. All of a sudden, a Big Mac was saying, you need me. I've been in this fast for an hour, and I was fighting the good fight. Praise God. It's a first work. And let me tell you something. If you're going to fast, most of us won't fast food. I'm going to fast TV. Well, great. Fast TV. But spend time praying and being in the Lord's presence during that TV time. That's what it's about. It's not to say, i got this hunger pain, but I'm fasting this week. Praise God, I'm so spiritual. No. It's about spending time getting back to your first love. It's a first work principle. I mean, you know, it would be funny. One day I'll have to do this. I'll come up to the platforms. We're having it. We're going to call a church fast. And I'll watch the faces go, well, you know, I didn't, God didn't tell me to fast. I ain't fasting. Tell fast and tell me to fast. You ain't got to do nothing. I know how it works because I was there. Well, I'll, I'll fast desserts at breakfast. And then we start, we start telling ourselves about fasting. Well, let me see. I'll fast from, I'm going to fast from sundown until sunup. That's like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night till 5 in the morning. I'll fast then. What well, do you mean when you're sleeping? <laughs> these are important efforts, these first works. And here's another one, serving. Now, again, I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about getting your first love, being in relationship with Jesus, getting back to that first love, out of that, out of the abundance of that, you will do these things. You will serve others. 
My question is, I, would, I go to these pastors' conferences, and there's so many things that they throw at you, and there's so many good things, and I walk out of there overwhelmed. And you know what? Sometimes I feel like, you're not doing anything right, and you don't measure up. I don't want one of you walking out of here today feeling that, oh, I'm not walking close to my first love. I don't fast. I'm not praying. I'm not my Bible. Find one thing. One thing. Make one adjustment. Just one that the Lord leads you to. And do that. And you watch and see what God will do with that. But then be consistent with it. We're in an instant society. God, I fast for an hour and nothing's happened. God, I gave my $2.50 and nothing's happened. God, I came and I served at that church. God, I came and I did one worship song and nothing happened. Be consistent. And you watch and see. All of that relationship, you'll start to get stronger. All of a sudden, the things in your life, will, the, the problems will become less and less your focus, and He will become more of your focus. Oh, you're still going to have problems, but we're not focused on the problem. Because you know, I'm going to tell you something. There's just some things in life, there's nothing you can do about. So we trust God with everything, with everything. So I want to encourage you today. It's time to get back to your first love. We're going to play a song. I'm going to dismiss you, but I'm going to leave this altar open. If you need to come to this altar, we've got some people, we've got some elders that will pray. We've got people that will come and pray with you if you want prayer. Or if you just have, are in that point, we're saying, and then why am I saying come to the altar? Because sometimes you need to take a step and say, you know what? And there's people here that don't know me. But here's the fear that people have today. We're talking about getting back to your first love. Here's what the devil's going to tell you. Well, if I walk up there, everybody is going to know that I've left my first love. I'm not saying you've left your first love. I'm saying distractions in life have beaten you down. And things are kind of foggy. You haven't walked away from God. But that's the fear. But let me tell you, at this pastor's conference, you know whose hand went up? Mine. Whoosh. Over the last few months, oh, there's been some major distractions. And I got away from him and started trying to fix it myself. But I got past that. Now I'm back where I'm supposed to be. There's no, there's no condemnation. This is a freeing thing, not a condemning thing. So come on up. If you need prayer, we'll pray for you. If you just want to spend your time in his presence, go ahead and play the song. I'm going to shut up, and we're just going to let the Lord be the Holy Spirit do his thing today, all right? Go ahead and turn the lights down and... If you, if you need to sneak out, please, sneak out quietly. But let's give the Holy Spirit time to do what He needs to do in people's lives. And you know what, young lady? This one right here. You need to know how worthy you are and how precious you are and how beautiful you are and how loved you are. You need to know that. And I know that that's a hard thing for you to get a hold of. Let me shut this off.